Welcome to the Shopway Show. I'm so happy to have you guys with me this evening, 7 p.m. on the East Coast. Yes, it is a Tuesday, and I'm here chatting with you about things that I think are affecting us in New York State, New York City, and across the nation. Everybody's talking about it. I talked about it yesterday. I'm talking about it today. Talked about it this morning on my show. It's all about what's going to happen when all these people are getting fired, all these people are leaving, and they're all getting you know, this is all happening because of government deciding that you can't work. So the worries that I have, and I have several of them, as you, as some of you know already, but I want to cover because I have, actually have a special guest on tonight who's going to give you some details about something you probably didn't even think about. But there's a lot of things happening. One is just the unfairness of it. I mean, that, and that drives me crazy. You get a bunch of people who, when they didn't know how bad COVID was going to be, they didn't know if it was going to be the plague, if it was going to be, you know, something like it was going to be a common cold. They had no idea. And they still went to work every day. They went to work in the hospitals. They went to work in the prisons. They went to work in the food services. They went to work in all these places. And we didn't seem to care. We were like, okay, we clapped for them at seven. That was nice. And that was it. And then now it's been a year and a half and they have been taking, you know, sacrificing all this time, and now we're like, oh, we have new rules. You don't like those rules? Get out. And that was bad. And now, of course, my Mayor de Blasio has doubled down and said, well, essential workers, yeah, we've already screwed you over. Now we're going to screw everybody over. So you wanted to come back to New York City? You want to restart your business? Nope. Do as I say or pack your trash. You're out. Man, does that bother me on an unfairness level, but it also bothers me on an economic level, these are people who want to, you know, have a life, survive in New York State. They're not just going to sit here and starve. They're going to pack up and leave, and that's even worse. But there's another area, two I want to bring up specifically that most people, some know, some don't. The first one's hospitals. Hospitals, as you start firing people and making people feel like they don't, they shouldn't be there. What kind of service are they going to have? What kind of service are they going to provide? And that's life and death. That's your life, your loved one's life. That's your death. That's your loved one's death or serious health. And not just physical health, also mental health. That too. When I add the mental health aspect, now I've got to bring up the next piece, the prison system. You might go, well, prison system, mental health. Yeah, they are linked directly together. Absolutely. And most of you know, the biggest mental facility, mental health facility we have in the United States is our prison system. And that's true in New York State without question. The governor's even talked about it. But there's another part to that. You have a bunch of prisoners who are clearly in trouble, right? They're committing crimes. They're in a bad spot. Yep, that's true. Do you want to feel bad for some of the people of mental health? Of course you're human. Of course you want to feel bad for some of those guys. I get it. Everybody would. If you're a loved one, of course you do. But what about the other people who are there? Not just the prisoners. How about the corrections officers guarding the prisoners? How about them? Do we care about them? I don't hear people talk about them at all. Now, this is kind of personal to me. Many of you who know my story, my father was a CEO in Rikers Island. So I remember all of that. So I have a little bit of a, a, a personal link here. I do. No question. But if you remember during my first campaign in 2018, I spoke about corrections officers, how they're being treated so poorly, 
how they weren't getting a contract. They're taking zeros for a couple of years. How all these things had happened. And I was the only one saying, I'll sign the contract tomorrow with no punishment clause. Just help me fix this prison system. And we've been trying, in theory, to fix the prison system. And who, we, who, who have we been ignoring? The corrections officers. We don't talk to them about it at all. We ignore them completely and try to fix it somehow around them and then blame them when something goes wrong. That's what we've been doing for literally years. I'm going to tell you some stats which may make some of you sad, but it's still true. The average life expectancy of a corrections officer in New York State is under 60 years. Every single corrections officer that I've ever met, and I've met dozens of them, every one of them knows someone who's committed suicide. Every one of them. This is a tough job. When we talk about law enforcement, we often talk about cops. And that's not a bad thing. We should care about cops, too. This is not a not cops thing. But we should also care about all of law enforcement, to include parole officers, corrections officers. These are all people who are in law enforcement. And we ignore all except the cops. Again, not anti-cop. You know that. But there's others. We can add others on top of that. And we don't. So all of the damage that's been done, hospitals, schools, to our own bis- local businesses, to people getting fired because of government contracts, it's all been happening in our prison system. We've been ignoring that for literally years. I'm going to bring on somebody, a friend of mine, and someone who helped me to understand how bad it was. A guy who I consider a friend, someone who I'm happy is going to give us a little bit of a story himself, uh, a corrections officer in New York State, the man himself, Todd Kilburn. Todd, how are you, sir? Hey, Larry. How are you? Doing well. Good, good, good. Um, I know you have a bit of a story that you want to tell, and I think my audience wants to hear it. Do you need me to intro it, or can you just go ahead? Oh, no, I can I can take it from here, Larry. That's fine. Go ahead, please. Um, well, uh, as, as I said, I'm, uh, I'm Todd Kilburn. I'm a corrections officer in New York State. I work at Auburn. Um, at the uh, start of the pandemic, if we take it back a little bit, um, you know, they, we're having some serious problems now with people getting locked out. Uh, we're having serious problems with people um, getting, uh, you know, put on disciplinary for, uh, you know, not following these mandates and stuff like that. Um, at what do first, you mean? What did, uh, help, hold on. Help my audience out. What does is, what is put on disciplinary mean? Uh, disciplinary is where uh, they, they, they'll fine you or they'll put you on leave without pay. Uh, it, it, it can so vary. So they'll find the, the corrections officer. Yes. Okay. Yep. And uh, we, uh, we're, we're having a serious problem now with that. Um, so let me take you back a little bit. All right. Um, you know, at the, at the start of the pandemic, I was just coming up on, on my scheduled vacation. Right. Uh, so what we ended up doing is, this was the point in time where uh, Cuomo began to reduce the capacity for places. So mm-hmm. I remember the, the like three days before my vacation, um, they reduced the capacity to, however, I think it was like 50 percent. Then we went down to 25. And then finally they were like, shut it down. And that is yep. when I went on vacation is right there. So I came back and this the, the place was completely different. Like. Yep. Uh, all the programs were closed. Um, the non-essential staff was working from home. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, you know, 
pretty much everything was locked down, like the the, the shops, the schools, uh, a lot of the call outs so, were done. So hold on, hold on. Now, if, mm-hmm. if 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 you start locking down the schools and the shops, mm-hmm. what the hell are the inmates going to do? That's that's just it, Larry. I mean, a lot of those guys, they just would go out for recreation. Um, they would go out and uh, they'd leave their cells for chow, and then they have to go right back. So you're literally taking a bunch of felons in this mm-hmm. case, and you gave them something to do to at least keep them busy doing something. Yep. And now they thought, you know what the right answer is? Let's keep less, must keep more COs and their support staff at home and let's give them nothing to do. Cause what could go wrong? Is that, yeah, well, did I get that right? Exactly. What could go wrong? Perfect. <laughs> yes. So, um, yeah, a lot of, uh, um, and this is when there was this big debate, uh, the initial debate about masks, right? Mm-hmm. Um, obviously you could understand why there would be some concern about people wearing masks inside a correctional facility where you have to be able to identify people. Yes. Um, so a lot of us were like, initially we were like, Hey, listen, we're going to, we're going to wear masks. And, uh, the administration gave us like a firm thumbs down on that. Um, and it wasn't until a couple months later that they began to actually change their tune. Um, this is when, like, all the news uh, started the, the debate on the masks and uh, mm-hmm. what they should do about it. So finally, we were able to wear masks. Um, and uh, it took a while for the uh, the the protocol for what we're going to do with the inmates and how we're going to handle this. Um, so so and, hold on. I'll be clear about this. So yep. now you're taking away – anything for them to do to keep them busy. Mm-hmm. Then you're adding on more rules that you guys are going to have to try to enforce on these people who now have nothing to do. Yes. And yep. you're taking away administrative staff on top of that. Did I get that right? Yes. Yep. What could go wrong? Okay. Go what ahead. could go wrong? <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yes. So now we're, um, we're at the point, like it, it was about last summer when everybody started getting sick Right. Um, it was kind of neat because, uh, you know, while we were watching everybody get sick, at least in the prison, there's it's pretty contained. Um, right. Sure. You know, they, there's not a lot of people going in and out. Um, at first, they did not shut down the visits. And most of the visitors are from New York. So that was the hot spot. Um, we right. luckily didn't get that many people that got sick off of that. Finally, around summer. There's, that's when it hit us. It hit us during that second wave. Um, all the all the uh, all the officers were getting sick. There was a lot of uh, units that were shut down, and they were converted to negative pressure units so that we could house people there. Depending on what's a uh, neg- what, help me out. What's a negative pressure unit? Negative pressure unit is where the where the air is always going being blown out. You know, so that got it. The, not it's it's a um kind of like a hvac system you know how the those Mm work um so a lot of those a lot of the units were converted to that and um we would house the different inmates depending on what level uh they were symptomatic they were just Mm -hmm. uh quarantined uh, as a precaution or they were positive covid inmates um now now this had to be a challenge because my assumption is yeah, you know, there are cliques and gangs in these prisons. Oh yeah, oh definitely. So you now have to not just segregate them because they're sick or not sick or COVID positive. 
But now you've got rivalries within the system, within the prison, and they're not making money because they can't do their other stuff. So now you add extra pressure to it. Mm-hmm. And now they're already wearing masks, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, whenever that, well, whenever they would leave their cell, they'd have to be masked. And that wow. was a lot of fun to try to uh, enforce those rules. So, <laughs> you yes, know. I can imagine. Here it is. Here it is. Wow. Hey, guys, don't don't stab each other. And could you please wear masks? You know, <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. And literally, um, you have to say in prison, please don't stab each other. That's actually a thing. Yes, yeah. I'm sure. Yes. But go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no problem. Um, yeah. So, uh, like I said, that 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 wave hit us, and a lot of us started getting sick. Uh, the staff levels went down really low. Um, there were parts of the day where it was really even difficult to run the basics like chow and recreation. Um, obviously, everything else was shut down. Um, there wasn't any buses being run from facility to facility, so mm. that you know. Um, Different inmates got they kind of shuffle them around a little bit. And all that stopped because obviously they didn't want you know if if, if there was a sick inmate within a, a you know a prison, obviously that whole prison is kind of at risk. So right. they didn't try they try to keep it contained, try to keep the inmates from being shuffled around. Wow, wow. Okay, so that hit you in the summer. Mm-hmm. Then what so, happened? Yeah. And then we're, you know, then we had a, a problem there where it's like um, there were a lot of people getting very sick. Uh, there's, you know, some of them were he'd be having to be taken out with, uh, you know, ambulances. Uh, some of the COs. So were getting I, I, I got to guess, right? I got to guess if I'm a, if I'm in prison that there's going to be people who are faking it. Right. Because they want to get out. Right. Isn't there going to be some prisoner who's going to be like, oh, um. I can't breathe or whatever, right? Whatever is the the symptom they see the other guy get, aren't they going to try to fake it and see if they can get out of the prison so they can hang out at the hospital too or no? Did that not happen? No, uh, luckily we had we had protocols in place for all that. Like, oh, good, there, okay. There were specific units for people that hadn't tested positive yet that were symptomatic. And then they had to be tested and all that stuff and and so on. Okay. So that we didn't really have a problem with that. It was more so the COs and um, the fact that you, you do you remember when COVID first, you know, everybody had to quarantine, right? Yep. You, like, oh, it'd be nine days and you couldn't go to work and so on. Well, that obviously doesn't translate well to, you know, a uh, 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 workforce that has to come to work every day. Yes. So, and this is what people don't get, right? You can't not have guards at the prison. That like yep. doesn't work. You you can't not have guards at the prison. You have to have guards at the prison, right? Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. We can't close down, uh, you yep. know, a lot of the posts there. So it's just, I mean, there's you only so much we can do. If you want to, you can't shut down the prison. Mm-mm. Yes. No, no. So um, we got to that point where they had to adapt those, those, uh, um, I guess we should say quarantine procedures to uh-huh. the jail. And at first they were sending people home. Then the staff levels got so low and they said, you can come to work as long as you're not symptomatic. If you get symptomatic uh-huh. while you're at work, you got to leave, you know? And uh, as a result, but a lot of people were- wasn't there a feeling I would assume didn't some of the corrections officers think, Man, I just want to get sick. I don't want to be here. Didn't you have? I mean, they're just humans, right? Yeah, just humans, right? So didn't some of them say, "This is horrible. This is terrible. 
I'd rather be sick at home than be sick in here with an environment of a bunch of un- more unhappy prisoners, and I'm half-staffed on top of it. Yep. I'm I'm sure that probably was a thought that crossed a lot of people's mind, but uh, of course, you know, we just kept coming to work. We kept doing what we could. Um, a lot of us, like for me, for instance, I worked 57 doubles, and that's a 16-hour shift in two months. That's almost every day. That's that is pretty much every day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so, okay. It's, okay. it's a bit of a, a it's a bit of a legend over there. So um, okay, we wow. A lot of us were just getting stuck every day, and yeah. or mandated, as you would say. Um, yep. And we were told, like, "Hey, listen, this we don't have enough staff to cover up." Extra hell on your families. I mean, I know <laughs> already that CEOs have a high divorce rate. I know their families get hammered. I already know that's already true before this. Yes. This had to be devastating on families. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll give you this though. Um, the one thing that this, the one positive thing that this pandemic did have is that everybody kind of pulled together. Um, ah, okay. You know, everybody Good. was. Uh, we I noticed specifically that at least the inmates were a little bit more behaved than they usually are. Um, okay. There was a little bit more understanding uh, from family members and and children and so on, and that did help good. a lot. You just gave me, you just made humanity feel good. Thank you, I like that. There we go. There's some good stuff here. It's good. All right, warm fuzzy feeling came yes. out from this place. I love it. It's very good. So, so so now you went through all of this. Now it's 2021. Mm-hmm. And things started to slow down. Things things actually are getting to the point. Um, the visits resumed for the inmates. Um, mm-hmm. Programs are going. Schools are going. Uh, all the people that we're uh, that we're doing work from home, they're all back at the facility. Everything right. seemed to be going pretty well. And you know how the state is. They love to mess up a good thing. That's correct. <laughs> things cannot be going well. That's a problem. Can't, it, things can't be going well. So right, yes. um, we saw it coming from a distance. Okay. We've got the, all of a sudden we saw the hospitals. They started mandating that all of the, all the staff there get vaccinated or they were going to be dismissed. At first they started demanding that you get tested. And then mm-hmm. they were like, Oh, nope. Now you're going to have to get the vaccine or you start looking for a new job or you were put on disciplinary. So we saw that come uh, for there, and we just figured it was going to roll right through the entire state. And um, yeah. now is the time when that's actually coming to fruition. You know, their their the mandates have hit us. Um, so let me ask a, a crazy of, question: Is there a mandate for the prisoners? There is not a mandate for the prisoners. No, um, they're able to make that decision on their own. Um, they I want to be clear. Hold on. I want to entice them with a, a nice uh, McDonald's meal if they do get vaccinated. But uh, that that is a nice thing. I like that. However, yeah. however, yes. um, to be clear, the prisoners have freedom of choice. The guards don't. Uh, yeah. Well, now, well, they have implemented. Um, a, ch- a choice system. Okay. So you, oh, okay. you should be vaccinated. That's what they're, that's what they're, they're, they're kind of implying, but you can test out until you do. But Larry, like you and I both know, how long does that last before the, you should get vaccinated. You will be vaccinated. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. It, and we saw it in New York yesterday. Mm-hmm. 
Right? Yeah, I, I just saw all that news conference yesterday and I couldn't believe it. I said, wow, you know, now you can't even take your kids out and take them, you know, ice skating at Rockefeller Center anywhere, you know? No, no. no. You got seven, eight year old kids. You can't even take them out anymore. Absolutely. A hundred percent. So, so, so they, if you're a prisoner and you get the jab, you get a McDonald's meal. Yes. Yeah. That was not a bad was, deal. All right. Yep. It's just, of all the things they've done, I'm not mad about that one. It's fine. That's fine. Whatever. They should give all of us some McDonald's if we if we. Is that a bad idea? We yeah. get McDonald's. <laughs> not a bad idea. I like it. It's good. Well, so, so so now things. So you you're now worried that now you're going to start having the same mandates. Tell me tell me what you're worried about now. Uh, yes, I think now um, there's start. Well, first of all, a lot of people were put on disciplinary because most of us are just coming to work. We've got doubles. We've got things that we're doing. Um, you know, it's a grueling schedule. We get stuck a lot. Uh, the next so thing hold you on. know, I want people to understand what stuck means, right? Yes. What, what people is- don't understand, like your job, whatever job someone else is doing, not Todd's job, right? But anyone else's job, if whatever, five o'clock comes around or something, whatever the case may be. Your time is up. You go home, right? You you don't have to stay. You go home, yeah. except if you want to stay, you can stay. But in Todd's job, if someone doesn't show up, you're staying. That's it. Again, you can't yep. close the prison down, right? That's or, not how it works. Yep. So you might have said, but I had a doctor's appointment. That's correct. You had a doctor's appointment. I was going to go see my girlfriend, boyfriend. You were. No more. You're here. Yep. I had my kid's birthday. That, that doesn't too bad. You're going to be yep. here. The, that's what's happening now. And and most people don't see that when they think about the prison. When they think about the prison, they think only about the inmates, which is why you keep hearing me bring up the COs because COs are never thought of. It's always the prisoners and the cops, cops and prisoners. But no one thinks about the COs. And this is the thing they don't get. Right. And I'm so happy that you're saying this because I don't think people thought that, oh, wait a minute, you can't close down a prison. You got to be there. It's a whole different world. So I'm sorry. Keep going. Like the uh, 1900s where they leave them a loaf of bread and lock the door and then be like, "Okay, we'll see on Monday. (laughs) No, it's a 24 hour, seven day a week operation now. Right. Absolutely. Yes. So so what do you see as happening now? What are you concerned about or what's the worry? Well, the worry is, is that number one, we're, we're, we're going to be continue to be short staffed. Um, this mm. is the thing that we're running, uh, with, with hospitals. Um, you, you, you take a look and you say, Oh, well, we're not going to have any more surgeries that aren't mandatory. Um, right. or we're not going to have this or we're going to shut down this wing or, you know, you can't, I don't see how that's even possible with a prison, at least on the long term. I mean, there's a few right. things you can shut down, but there's not there's not a ton. There's just no way to, right. to work around that. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, here we are and the state is making it more difficult for us to keep the staff levels that we're already short on. So let me go if you feel comfortable. Do you feel mm-hmm. comfortable talking about how they're emptying out prisons? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So here is my problem. In theory. Do I want us to empty out prisons? Of course. I would yeah. love to have a, a state full of happy people who never commit crimes. Right? Of course I would love that. That would be amazing. Mm-hmm. That's just not where New York State is. Right? We're, that's, we're not there. Right? Yep. Hopefully. I, I, 
I definitely yep. had that moment where I was like, hey, they're letting all these people out. Let's hope they don't come back. And that's not the way it went down. <laughs> no, it would be awesome if that were true. So I yep. just want to be clear in my in my in my world, my magical world. I would love that to be true. I'm not against that as a goal that we can look forward in the future. I'm just saying where we are now. We are not there now. No. Nope. So as they start shutting down prisons, it I felt like they were purposefully pushing people out who maybe shouldn't go out. And the question I want to, I have for you is when, if at all, were they asking you about this? The the CEOs were you guys consulted? Did they talk to you about it? Did they give you a, when were you talked to? That that was not anything we were consulted whatsoever. I believe that that was more of a uh, issue with well, what you was formerly parole, which is now community mm-hmm. supervision, and that was probably dealt with on an, on like an Albany level. That is one of the things that bothers me more than anything else, because you and I both know what I'm about to say is true. My audience may not be clear, but there are three types of people that I know are in in prison. Those who should probably never get out. Those who should do their time and get a second chance at life. And those who should never be in prison. The problem is I don't know which one is which. But I would bet if I had to guess who would know, it would probably be the COs who work with them every day. They would probably be the best people to consult with to tell me which ones I probably should err on the side of leaving in this place and which ones should I go out of my way to try to get out back into the world. Now, could a CEO be wrong? Of course, CEOs are human like anybody else. But am I going to trust the people who are on the ground seeing them versus somebody in Albany? I'm going to trust you, Todd. I'm going to trust you far more. You're human. You'll be wrong here or there. But they're going to be wrong all the time. And we can see that to be true. And not just that, you have a vested interest, right? You don't want the guys coming back. They don't care. They just, they get paid the way. They don't care. If the prison system's broken, they still go home at night. They're not getting stuck. They're not doing doubles. They'll be fine. They're not concerned, but you guys are. Yeah, well, let me ask you a question, Larry. Like, you, you, you have a business, right? Yep. Okay, when have you ever been able to profit successfully off a 10% success rate? Wow, I'd be in trouble. Yeah, you'd go right on. Absolutely. <laughs> I'd, but I'd be in are. trouble. we got a 10% success rate, which is shrinking even more, uh, yep. and we continue to do this. I agree. So when you say 10% success rate, you mean in people not uh, coming back to prison? Yes. Yeah. People that, come, that are coming back. Yeah. Yes. That to me is one. Of, as you, you've heard me talk about when I've talked about the idea of, of fixing the prison system. It's about getting COs to show me the way to figure out how to move people from A to B to C out into the world. Yeah. And we're not doing that because if you have regardless of what idea or concept you use. CEOs have to be part of that as you move people from one to the other. Not just that, you know this, there are a lot of CEOs who the words they used to me was, I'm tired of rolling around on the floor with these guys. So that's the phrase they used to me, which Mm -hmm. is some CEOs, they don't, they would love to be able to move into a more, how do I fix this realm? more into a let me have the conversation with these guys 
you know, realm? You know, how, how do I decide which, which people do I pull out of this and put into my phase one and who goes into phase two? And what has bothered me is every time I've talked with CEOs, they always tell me the same thing you just told me. You're never even consulted. Mm-hmm. You're never even consulted. And me, you said I have a business. I do. You can see my symbol right behind me. Yeah. And one of the things I do is I consult with businesses. And when I do that and we want to make changes, I don't say, hey, top leaders, tell me what has to happen. I don't do that because they're always wrong. Because if they were right, they wouldn't need my help. So by default, they are always wrong. So why don't I ask the people who are on the front line? And that's who I ask all the time. And they tell me the actual issues that are happening every single day. They're the ones who tell me this. And that's how you create policies to fix things. And when it comes to our our prison system, we never ask the people on the front line. It's insane. It wouldn't work in business. It doesn't work in the world. It's terrible. It's a terrible thing. So I'm sorry. Is there anything else you want to bring up? I I I, I sucked a little bit of time there. No, what no, it's okay. To bring up? Let's, um, you know, I, I just think that what you said is is right on point. You know, unfortunately, now because of the way that we've kind of recovered from the pandemic, um, we now are getting to a point where we have. You know, the, the, the jail is returning back to normal and violence is increasing there. Um, uh, gangs are uh, increasing there. You know, it, it definitely would be nice if we had a little bit of a better system to track that and do that than what Albany gives us. OK, so look, let's go down that road then. What if what would you like to have from Albany or what would you like to have in general? As, as a way of shifting and making this a better a, a better recovery or better or, or better change well you, you I've spoke to you about it before it's like mm-hmm. I was a big uh, proponent of like the shock incarceration model um, mm-hmm. and I think people should come in um, through that shock incarceration model where they learn you know it's almost like boot camp for yep. for inmates and I, I think everybody should come in through there. There we go. Uh, that's just a, that's just a good way to teach, uh, you know, a reward system. A lot of these guys haven't had rules in their life ever. Yes. You know? Absolutely. Yes. All right. Let me grab a couple of comments from people who are uh, talking about this. Um, Shelly says, I wonder what could be hidden behind a mask. You guys must have been worried about that, too, right? Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, because yep. now what, what they got a blade, they got a knife, they got a key, they got something. Who knows? Right. Mm-hmm. A lot. That's, that, that's that's a lot of the way that they hide contraband to begin with is they just they'll they'll cheek it. And the next thing you know, pull it out. Something goes wrong. There we go. Absolutely. Kirsten says, I didn't catch that. Is he saying 10 percent of the people come back or there is only a 10 percent success rate, which means 90 percent of the people come back? About 90% of the people are coming back. Yes. Horrible. Horrible. But with other plans, like the one that was in um, the one that was in Massachusetts called the Humvee program based heavily yes. upon vets, they only had a 7% recidivism race. Seven came back. Not mm-hmm. 90, 7%. A huge difference. Absolutely. Yeah, 
So it's funny that you mentioned that, Larry, because we, you know, one of the things that one of the shock incarceration facilities that we did have, Willard Drug Treatment Center, which was a mm. 97 day program for people who violated. Oh, they shut that down, didn't they? They shut it down. <laughs> and it won all type of awards. And guess what's the first to go? Anything. That yeah, won. I remember that. They shut that down. I was like, what? Of all <laughs> the things to shut down, that was the one. The one that was working. Uh, I, I'm wow, wow. Ed says I took the corrections test. I'm cla- I'm kind of glad I never followed through. You are so important, but you like trash. Kind of a trend for New York State employees. This is a thing. Yes, right. We do this. We act like we love all the not, the essential people, and then as soon as we as soon as we don't need them anymore, gone. Is gone. Forget it. Go away terrible he, he ed's right i mean I, let me ask you todd i mean i mean if you don't want to answer it's okay but why do you stay why didn't you run why didn't no, you say you know what i'm out of it i'm packing up and going to kentucky and never coming back why did you do that <laughs> that's that's very common you know um yes that's a lot of a lot of people you know who don't have a lot of time they just treat it like oh well it's just time for me to change up my job you know um but a lot of people that are right in the middle of their career uh you know they have a sense of duty they have a sense of uh of wanting to stick around until this can at least go back to normal or be solved or, or yeah. you know maybe until they retire this, yeah the second thing i found with ceos is like every correct officer i met knew exactly how much time they had left before they retired yeah yeah they all knew exactly do you know yours oh yep yep Tell me, please. <laughs> Ready to go. go. Yes. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. They all like, no. Right. Yeah. 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 I'm out. You know, I'm out in five years. I'm out in 10 years. Some are so like, some people I'm got out. it to the day. They're like, yes. Oh, yes. 100%. Yep. Yes. Some are like two years, five months, three days. Like, wow. Yep. And they're not even calculating. That's like in their head. They like know it. It's crazy. Absolutely crazy. So, yes. So, John says, uh, you need to speak to the CEOs to have them help you. Yep. This is one of your best campaign issues last time to plan to let CEOs rate the rehabilitation reforms. Yes, I wanted to include the CEOs in everything. They're the ones who have to implement. So why wouldn't I include them? It's insane. But again, I have heard no one talking about this at all. No one. So anyway. Um, Shelly asked a question. She says, has New York State, um, I'm sorry, NYSCOBA been helpful? Yeah, I, I would say um, in a lot of the cases, they definitely were um, fighting for us. Um, I mean, it varies from prison to prison, but uh, sure. statewide, yes, they've, they've, they've been reasonable about this. There we go. Um, Ed says, I was a New York State employee. So I can say that. It's good. I was uh, it was one of my most ungrateful employers and groups of upper leadership in my entire professional career. I'd rather go back to active duty army in a third world country. Wow. Ed is really unhappy. He is not happy. OK, I get I'm glad you're not an employee anymore. I'm yeah, glad. that's that's, yes. that's very good. There's a lot of guys that are doing the National Guard thing and they're like, wow, I liked it better when I was being shot at. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's sad. Yes. I, I wish that wasn't true. But let me grab some real fast. Um, guys, like, comment, share. If this is interesting to you, if it matters to you, if you tell people about it, like, comment, share, let people know this is happening. It does matter tremendously. You want to get more people to see this and understand what's going on. And by the way, you know, I have a sponsor. 
It, the sponsor is, of course, the Advocate for Self-Government, and they have a pandemic survey. So if you want to take that pandemic survey, click that link right there, take that survey. You might have changed how you think now with all the mandates and such. You might have changed. Take it and then share it. If you've already taken it recently, then just share that link with your friends and have them talk about it. The reason is, if you just say, are you ma- are you anti-vax or, an- or pro-vax, or whatever, people start fighting. But if you talk about the actual issues that the pandemic brought up, speak about the issues, speak about the prisons, speak about the hospitals. And now we're actually having conversation and trying to fix things. So please hit that link, support my sponsor, support the show. It helps tremendously, obviously. And like, comment and share. It does matter. So let me ask you, Ty, is there anything else you want to bring up that I might have missed or something you want you want to bring up now before we kind of wrap this up? Well, I mean, I think you pretty much got it all. Um, I, you know, I, I wanted to mention the HALT Act. I don't know if you've tackled, Oh, tell me. No, but no, I'd no. like to hear you talk about it. Uh, definitely Go ahead. would. Uh, no, no, well, you, tell me what you feel. Tell me. Get, tell me. Well, the HALT Act, you know, uh, it's, it, it has definitely increased the violence. Uh, there's, there's no form whatsoever of discipline that can be uh, actually used uh, against people who commonly violate all the rules in the jail. It's just, you know, there's no, no box time, no, Mm uh, no, no way to, no way to have any control whatsoever to keep the jail orderly. And, and this is my point that I keep bringing up. Am I against prison reform? No, not at all. I think prison reform is a wonderful idea. However, did they ask COs how the HALT Act would affect the prison? Did they ask the COs, okay, if I can't use this, can I use that? What can I use? I'm I'm sure most of the the ideas in the HALT Act came from people who had possibly toured the jail maybe six or seven days. So (laughs) so I like that. That is very good. Yeah, that's a common thing. Very good. You know, know, two, two two, two or three days they were around. I love it. I love it. But, you know, the, but the other issue is, look, I'm not a fan of solitary confinement, but I understand that sometimes people need to be separated, right? I get it. I understand that sometimes CEOs have to, they're risking their own life, literally. A CEO could be stabbed to death. That's a thing that happens in our prisons. Yeah. So, so why in the world? I mean, I would argue being a corrections officer is more dangerous than being a cop. And I think people don't think that's true. No, I think it's true. It's more dangerous being a corrections officer than it is being a cop. There's, because the people, when you're a cop out in the street, most of the people aren't fighting back. But in prison, they do. They do. Oh, yeah. They have yeah. nothing to lose. Yeah, there's, there's, there's a definitely higher concentration. And, and as they start to let people out of these jails, the concentration of extremely bad guys is getting worse and worse. Yes, absolutely. Yes. So, so, so let me, let, let me move to the next level. What would you personally, if, if you're okay, I, I'm, the, I'm not, ag- okay, I'm going to be clear. You asked me to talk about the halt act. I will. Mm-hmm. I'm not against the idea of prison reform at all. I think it's yep. a wonderful thing. We should care about the prisoners. We should care about the prisoners, loved ones. But mm-hmm. the problem is we've forgotten about the corrections officers. I would like to care about all of them. They are all important. Let's have a conversation about all of them. And the other thing, you have a world where 
one bad corrections officer doesn't destroy the entire prison. But one bad prisoner literally kills others. Mm-hmm. Right? Literally kills others. If there's a bad corrections officer, that's a bad thing. I don't want a bad corrections officer. But maybe they beat some guy up when they shouldn't have. Or maybe they get something, they, they bring some contraband and they shouldn't have. Okay, that happens. Bad. I don't want it. But the odds of someone getting killed or multiple people get losing their lives or, or being severely injured, slim. A bad prisoner? Yeah. That's, that's a real possible outcome. That is a real possible outcome. So how, right, how do we, how do we deal with that issue without being cruel, if that makes any sense? Hmm. I think, I think it's just more, uh, more control on the local level, I would say. So you think each individual prison is going to be, have more, more. Yeah. I would, I would Are you saying you think that individual um, prisons should have more freedom to figure out how to control prisoners? Yeah, on a, on a you know, on a, I'd say at least on a facility by facility level. Mm, okay. Yeah. All right. So and like I said, a lot of a lot of um, a lot of the problems would be solved if we had just like we could start everybody on a base level. We could bring them right. in and have some a better orientation program. Like I said, why not send them ah, okay. to shock incarceration? Right off the get go, you know. Gotcha. Okay. Kirsten says one bad cor- one bad correct officer also literally kills others. See Joe. Uh, oh yeah. No, th- Kirsten. Yes and no. Yes, it could be one, but that entire system was broken. That mm-hmm. wasn't just one bad CO. That was a system that allows corrections officers to be bad and an environment that says prisoners aren't human. I don't want corrections officers to think that prisoners aren't human, but I also don't want them to be allowed to be treated like prisoners, like they're not human. This has got to be a respect piece, which is the critical aspect in, look, for anyone who is, and Todd, you tell me if I'm wrong, but for the vast majority of people in prison, respect is everything. Am am I right here? Oh, yes. It's, It's everything. So if you're giving each person respect, you're going to have a much better environment in that prison if everybody's getting respect, right? And that's the critical aspect. What happened in those prisons, in the prison in Arizona is the prisoners were getting no respect and therefore they were fighting back and acting accordingly. And therefore officers were acting accordingly, right? But when you give everybody respect, and I think to your point, Todd, when everyone gets what the rules are, it's crystal clear. We understand yeah. how this works. I feel like that's going to make things a whole lot better. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, there's a, there's a saying in corrections, give them what they're entitled to and nothing more. There we go. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Because if you give them exactly that, they go, okay, that's what I'm entitled to. You've given me the respect that I, that I expect. You've met my expectations. But the hardest part, I, I see what you're saying is if we don't, if we don't show them what the expectations are, up front, they're more apt to feel disrespected and strike out. And your mm-hmm. point is, show them up front what's expected. Yes. Mm-hmm. I like it. That's good. All right. Todd, I want to say thank you. Is there anything you want to tell the audience before we, before we wrap this up? Uh, no, I think that's about it. We covered it all, Larry. Thank you for having me. All right, me. my friend. Of all course. Right. Yes, yes. I hope more people see you. Have a good yeah. one. All right. So 
this is a this is a good point that we've all that we we're speaking about, right? We always talk about hospitals. We talk about um, we talk about you know so many things, but not the prisons. While hospitals are critical, I'm not at all trying to take away the problems that we're having with hospitals. I also want to bring up this one. This one is important, and yes, it's a bit personal to me. Hold on, if I can find a picture real fast. Do I have a picture? Hold on one second, guys. I might actually have a picture. Do I have one? And I can't find it. Okay. I can't find that. I actually had a picture of my father and his corrections officer. Uh, so I'll, I'll, I'll see if I can find it later. Maybe I'll, I'll show it if I can find it. But it is a little bit personal to me, a little bit because of that. And I, I just think we have to be, if we tr- treat our corrections officers poorly, we by default, we'll be treating our prisoners for, poorly. We should be treating everybody with respect and particularly the people who don't, the nonviolent people that we sadly have in prison now that if we don't do this right, we'll all become violent. With a 90% recidivism rate, we should be ashamed of that. Now, here's the worst part. We have a 90% recidivism rate, yet we're still throwing people out of prison left and right. Why would you be doing that? You're literally saying, we're going to throw 10 people out of prison. Nine of them are going to commit a crime. Keeping those people in prison would literally stop nine crimes. Ah. What, what are we doing? What are we doing? Now, does it mean that I don't want one guy to get out? I do. So let's have a better way of getting the people out. So maybe it's the reverse. Maybe let 10 people out and one guy commits a crime. Nine are free to go live their lives the way they want to and get their second chance of life when one guy screws up. I don't mean to be sexist when I say guy, but it's guys. I mean, prisons filled with men. That's just how it works. I don't mean to be, this is just factual, filled with men. So how about we do it that way instead? I think Todd had a lot of good ideas. Um, I'm glad. I hope you guys heard it and enjoyed it. It was very special for me for this one. It's not just it's not just hospitals. It's also prisons. But in New York State, New York City, I should say, in New York City, now with de Blasio's rule, it's not just that. It's everything. It is all of the businesses now being forced to do what the government says when there's no evidence that they should, right? John says, politicians always and you know better than the ground troops. Yes. Nice to hear you talking about making them inclusive. That would be, yeah, that, yes. Thank you. So Kirsten says, I'm really interested to know if the 90% recidivism rate includes those returning for victimless parole violations like missing curfew and a drug test. Yes, that's true. And Kirsten, you know what? I have to have you on to talk about that. Yes. I'm going to have you on to talk about that. Yeah, that is a great point. Yes, that that piece is 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 critical, and I'm sure that's true. And I also don't know if it's I don't know if it's actually 90 percent, or that was just what he was talking about, right? It might people some, sometimes say you know 90 percent of this. He might mean a lot. I'm not sure if it's actually 90 percent or not. It might be. I'm actually, but I'm sure it's high either way. But that's a good good point you bring up, Chris, and I appreciate that. Yes. So all right. Um. Nancy says, great seeing you in Ulster County. Thanks for coming. I have been all over the state. For those who don't know, all 62 counties. So, all right, guys, I want to say thank you so much for this evening. Um, I thought it was an interesting show. I hope you guys found some value in it. Please like, comment, and share. I always tell you, please do it. Um, If you want to check out the pandemic survey, it's great. Please share it. It does matter um, a lot. It helps out my um, my sponsors. Uh, Please take care of that if you can. Guys, thank you so much. I will see you all tomorrow.